there's no way he's quicker than me. So like, just just let him go to the outside mm. and just take go low. And he did this like step where I honestly like missed him. He just like jumped my outside, and I was like, oh god. And I like <laughs> pop back up with him. I was like, all right, just go low. He just hands me off straight to the face. I go flying back. He breaks the line, throws it. I think to to his over. And he oh scored. Gosh. It was the very first play. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, what <laughs> have I got myself into here? Like, Joe presents House of Rugby, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces. Hello and welcome along to House of Rugby, together with Bank of Ireland. I'm Greg O'Shea. It's Monday morning and I'm joined by the lovely Lindsay Pete. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm loving our colour coordination on some level. We went for blue for Jimmy. Yeah, we did. We do have, we have Jimmy <laughs> O'Brien sitting beside you, an old friend of mine from yeah. the Sevens tour. I'm old and retired now, but he's still plugging away. <laughs> How are you doing, Jimmy? Yeah, not too bad. I obviously didn't get the memo on the clothes. No, you no don't one need told to. me. <laughs> well, this this wasn't even chatting about. We didn't even WhatsApp about it. So. <laughs> no, you look great, Lindsay. Um, thanks very much for coming in, Jimmy. Obviously, it's a Monday, but you seem to have today off. You'd usually yeah. be training, but it's because you're getting ready to play Munster, Munster yeah. next weekend. Yeah, yeah. we got a long weekend this weekend because the Munster game's on the Monday. Uh, the 26th, yeah, so one day off, thank God. Yeah, thank so God. I just have a long weekend around Christmas. Exactly, yeah, and you had a Christmas night out in the weekend. Yeah, we had our team team social on Saturday, so still slightly recovering from that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have an, any Christmas paraphernalia? Was there any? Just a few Christmas jumpers, Will. Uh, we split up into groups, and Will Connors was the leader of my group, and oh he God. bought us all Christmas jumpers and stuff for the six of us, yeah, so to send him the money now for the <laughs> you just reminded me yeah, just reminded me. I've chased, chasing ads up for that now <laughs> I don't think you want Will Collins chase for your money do you no god no I've seen enough of him I don't need to be getting on his bad side yeah <laughs> That's okay. pretty the Lencer, money is coming Will the Lencer Christmas night out was it uh, well behaved oh yeah yeah it was um, kind of split up into groups and then met up together and yeah it was a bit of crack yeah. nice any 12 pubs or what no no I kind of just went to a couple uh I don't think any of us would last 12 pubs. <laughs> <laughs> this God, is true. No, yeah. <laughs> 12 pubs just is so hard to do, like, it's in impossible. general. Like, it's there's impossible. no way you're getting to 12, especially when, with the lads and fellas start getting separated. Yeah, and stuff. yeah no. but when you find a good pub then and it's, like, pub yeah, yeah. two and you're like, I'm not moving yeah, here, yeah. the Guinness is no, good, it's so good crack. Exactly, Sorry. yeah. yeah so we won't be seeing any Leinster lads in the headlines this morning, all well-behaved. God, no, no, never. Never <laughs> all very well-behaved. <laughs> <laughs> and were the coaches with you or just the players? No, just the players. Just well, thank God, no Sean O'Brien or anything like that. No drama. All right, so Jimmy, you are just, I've been reading through kind of your, your history and the brief here before coming on. I forget how much you've done, man. I know we're good mates, like, but I'm just like, oh my God, you've done so much. So I want to bring it all the way back to, you started in Newbridge College, which yeah. is quite a, um, a different route to take than most <laughs> Leinster lads. Yeah. Uh, so how did you get on in Newbridge? Were you always like the top man there or, or what happened there? Uh yeah, kind of. There was a guy, Jake Howlett, who was unbelievable as well in my year, and he yeah. played Leinster underage. And uh, but I yeah started in Newbridge whenever I was well, I was in Nace before. I went to Newbridge then, and just yeah played whatever junior cup, senior cup, and stuff. And then just played was played out half pretty much the whole way up a year at scrum half maybe. I was in second year, played a year at scrum half and in fourth year, and uh, yeah just played Newbridge and I I love Newbridge. Obviously we don't produce that many. Uh, professional rugby players, it's like James Tracy or Jamie Heesop, then my James Tracy, then myself, and now Sam Prendergast, well, Keen Prendergast over in Connacht, oh, yeah. and Sam Prendergast, his younger brother, oh, he's good. coming up through uh, Leinster now, so it's kind of once every like five or six years we kind of seem to get some. <laughs> well, uh, they're yeah. <laughs> world class names, like you've just listed, like, yeah, so it's not too bad, but yeah. Well. yeah, exactly, yeah. 
Yeah, and was it always the plan to play rugby? Because Newbridge wouldn't be like known as one of the top rugby schools to go to. So was it just you happened to go there, happened to play rugby and happened to be good? Uh, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of in between. I liked rugby, so I played Gan rugby the whole way up. And I was in between going to Newbridge or Clongos. And I actually, my parents, I didn't get into Newbridge for ages. My parents paid the deposit for Clongos. And then I got into Newbridge real late. And I was like, I didn't want to board because I wanted to still play Gah. Uh, so then I ended up going to Newbridge, but I was very, I was about two months before I went in the first year, was going to Clongo's like. No way. Uh, yeah, so thankfully I'm happy I didn't go. Yeah, like, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I wanted to play Gaelic, like, so that's why I wanted to stay in Newbridge. But, so yeah, I was basically playing Gaelic rugby all the way up to minor. Played Gaelic, yeah. So. What position were you in Gaelic? Uh, midfield or oh, like halfback. Yeah. yeah. So. The base just got me to run around. Um, I was going to yeah, say the spine, the engine. I literally just like, uh, there was a coach I had and we had another midfielder who was way more skillful than me. He used to play like uh, soccer and stuff and he used to only show up on the weekends because his dad wouldn't let him train during the week. Yeah. And our coach would be like, all right, Jimmy, you're going to have to run around and mark the two lads and we'll just let Adam, was your man, this guy I call Adam Harney, he was unbelievable. And it's like, we'll just let Adam do his thing. kind of. And I'd be like, yeah, okay, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I think you're being a bit modest now about that, but like. No, no, honestly, that was it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And did you play minors for Kildare? Uh, no, I got trials and uh, then didn't didn't get called back. Um, so went out kind of was that, that's when I was kind of in between picking a, a guy in rugby. So I got trials for Kildare minor. Me and Rowan Osborne actually two of us went got trials from our club and uh, went to trials one or two weeks and then never got never got the phone call back. So that was kind of my yeah, I think I'll go with rugby. <laughs> I prefer rugby now. Yeah. And you're a small little town, Eads Town. Yeah. I've done that right. And yeah. obviously the, no, no more than what Newbridge have produced. The kind of give us the background of the story of some of the players that have obviously come from a small town yeah. that were unexpected as well. Yeah, there's sort of from tiny little I wouldn't even call it's village maybe, but not even sure. It's kind of just a crossroads. Like there's no shop church. Or a church. No not shop. A, no, no shop. It's just a church and a gap pitch. There's a pub like 10 minute yeah. drive like in Kilteal which is kind of like half part of the parish but the closest place is Nace or Blessington and there's no shop nothing and yes. uh, so yeah. Irish like yeah, it's yeah. rural <laughs> Ireland we just picked this yeah. lad up <laughs> past the church but yeah like, so I was down one end of the church towards like the little primary school and uh, we all went I was I'm, I went there and then Ty Byrne his family just up the road uh, the far side of the church and then towards the Blessington side was Dermot Kilgallen mm. And then Rowan Osborne went to the same, me and him went to primary school together since we were four or five and played like guy and everything. And he was from just up the road as well. Like, so yeah, it's a bit yeah. of a mad. Oh, yeah. incredible players there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. From a tiny little, whatever village, Eatstown. Yeah. Whatever you're doing there. Is something <laughs> Keep like, going, yeah. Eatstown. Yeah. We're rooting for you. Yeah. But I think we need to give a little shout out to Rowan Osborne as well. He unfortunately had to retire yeah. recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. He had to retire because uh, of concussion there at the end of the season with Munster. So uh, okay. yeah, it's pretty disappointing. I'll be very close friends with him. He actually just moved in. To me and Will Connors uh, lived together, and we lived with Conor O'Brien, who actually also had to retire because mm. of hamstring injuries. And um, he moved out, uh, moved back home to Mullingar, and Rome moved in. Um, so it's great to have him around. Like, but yeah, it's pretty uh, disappointing for him yeah, to have to retire. I'd say f- I'd like to get your perspective on it. It must put it all really into reality of how vicious the game is. Your best friends having to retire at what twenty five? Yeah, twenty five. Yeah, the two of them are twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Does it make you kind of think about like your future life or? Uh, yeah, it was when the two lads told me it's pretty kind of like I think me and Will were similar like cause we were playing or whatever like you just, you can just stop whenever like and you have no real control over it. Um, like I know for for Connor when he was come back from he just got a terrible run injury to his hamstring, ACL hamstring hamstring all the hamstrings off the oh bone like uh, all in a row, and he was doing everything like to get back like everything he was in it's early like did yeah and he was doing everything to get back. 
and just his body just like kind of failed on him like almost his hamstring like it was just so tough to watch mm. and stuff and I just felt so bad for him but it did put like me and Will and like you literally have no control of, like anything had happened and you just have to enjoy it kind of yeah. when you can that's one thing I get from the Lancer squad is that uh, it's just had this, this camaraderie and this I know no, we won't uh, divulge any secrets here, but I know in your gym uh, there's all this brotherhood, you know, mm. and you can actually ooze that off you. So I'm sure it's terrible to have those injuries, but you seem such a good group that you kind of buzz off each other and push each other through. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, th- I would, well personally, I think that comes from everyone coming up through the system together, and like obviously it's talked about so much how we how Leinster produce so many good players, and we all play Leinster under age. Usually, yeah. all come up together. And I think that makes it because, like, I'm playing with lads who I've played with since we were like under 18s in Leinster. So I've like grown up with all these lads, and we go into the senior squad together. Um, like my academy group was like some of my best friends in there, like Which Will Connors, lovely, isn't yeah, it? yeah, Will Connors, Conor Brown, Hugh O'Keenan, James Ryan, Max Deegan, Andrew Porter. <laughs> don't know, like, Miss Terry Kennedy was in there for a while as well. Like, yeah. and you, we would have played from under 18s, under 19s, under 20s, yeah. and then you're going into the academy together. You're going into senior squad together, and I think it. Basically, everyone in there has that kind of group, so everyone's really good friends, and then everyone mixes so well in there as well. So yeah, yeah I think that. Yeah. Yeah, that Did you train with Kieran Haddos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kieran Haddos with Ireland. He's a really oh, good guy. Oh yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's, he's just gone over survived. to Melbourne, hasn't he? Melbourne Rebels. Is that where he's gone? I, yeah, I saw his Instagram just, post. I, I didn't know, get. <laughs> we can edit that. Don't worry. But um, I uh, know he's yeah. a really good guy, and even what he brought to our squad in this in the short period so i can see like just his professionalism his knowledge yep. his fancy predator boost that he <laughs> is, yeah. um but yeah and i i said that to him i can just see just the energy he brings even out like it comes from yeah. that squad so yeah definitely yeah. yeah yeah it's a great squad to be part of to be honest yeah yeah now you can see that. Now, that is the beauty of leinster i think is that what 99.9 percent of the lads in the team are from leinster yeah you have like in and maybe one or two others yeah. that aren't which is just so because you look at these other teams like Racing or whatever who are just littered with like world class players but they're not from wherever Racing yeah. is do you know what I mean um, and it just says a lot about the team and that's probably why you're, do, you're doing so well like you're willing to put your head in a place for someone that you just know who's one of your best friends rather than just a guy getting brought in that's getting paid like a ridiculous amount of money you yeah know? yeah no 100% I think we talk about it as well we have to like use it as a motivating thing as well like it's all well and good to be like oh yeah we're all from the same place but like you have to use that as kind of a point of difference against other teams, like because that they're not all from the same area or they're not mm. all from the same like province or place. Mm. So we do kind of talk about that and how we're all kind of grown up. We all grew up supporting Leinster. We had, it just means a lot for us to play for Leinster and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's like that intangible benefit, like you just yeah. w- you that passion to play for yeah. Leinster that you can't get playing for like a Racing or Claremont yeah. or something like that. What so, the other yeah. bit is you've so like even just the small list that you just named there of who your yeah. best friends are all like world class like you've won the Champions Cup you are all in Irish squads the other bit is like Leinster have produced up depth and like there's no drop in the standard and even when you went down 14 against Ulster and just scraped that like and then you come back and you absolutely annihilate Racing everyone just knows their role like there's this mental and I know Ryan Bard alluded to it um, after the Ulster game that there's just this mentality that you know your role and you just know you're going to be safe like how do you build that how do you like know that Greg's your best friend, but he could take your jersey next week and you're just <laughs> as happy as it, or vice yeah. versa. Like, yeah. that's fascinating to me. Um, yeah, I think you have to think about a more of a bigger kind of picture. It's like mm-hmm. a squad uh, working together, like, or trying to win something together. Uh, no one's really in it for personal, like, accolades, I don't think yeah. at all. Um, and then so everyone's kind of, like, focused win the Champions Cup, win the ORC, like, and it's more of a squad effort rather than, like, one or two lads trying to go off and do their own thing. Yeah. Um, 
I think you said Bardo said like about no in a row, like that's hundred percent it. Like and in Leinster, well, I remember even coming up like there's always good lads ahead of you and there's always good lads behind you mm. in Leinster. So like you can't worry about oh no, if this lad's playing, is he gonna play well? Like, yeah, he probably is. <laughs> well. Like he's gonna be a world class player. Like in Leinster there's literally gonna be unbelievable lads in front of you and behind you. Yeah. You just have to worry about yourself. That's very I kinda think about it anyway. No, that is good because obviously you're thinking of the elite athlete, but then you're putting it in sport like so like yeah. even the battle between Kelleher and, and Sheen is yeah. like fantastic. But like like Keller starts with the tries and she is still scoring <laughs> it. Like it's just, it's just amazing. Like the, the level, I just yeah. find it fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Well, say for instance now with Josh, Josh Vanderfleer getting World Player of the Year. Does he get a bit of stick or like you know how does that? <laughs> how can you slag such a good guy? Yeah, does he come in like oh look at this guy thinking he's the big man now or how does that work? Oh like? yeah, he gets a bit of stick like yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Actually, yeah, but like as like he'd be the last person to get carried away. <laughs> like yeah. I don't think anyone really would yeah, in there. But yeah, he gets a bit of stick. But like. He's just so good anyway, so... <laughs> you don't seem to have any kind of auras about you, even though you've been so dominant for seasons. Like, it just comes across, like, these guys are just here to get a job done and no one's getting too big for their boots. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, definitely. No one's kind of getting carried away or anything like that. And yeah. well, We didn't win anything last year, so definitely no one's getting carried away this <laughs> year. Like, that's still, like, losing that championship final last year. That, like, still haunts, like, a lot of us, I think. Mm. Um, we were even saying we were over in Racing there, good few when we walked out onto the pitch like mm. the stadium seemed it was like a football stadium as well and it seemed so similar to the the velodrome in Marseille yeah. and all those like there was a couple of us we talked about it after that we were all thinking like geez it's the exact same as the Racing say or the the one we played La Rochelle in yeah. and no one wanted to say it to each other because <laughs> we're all like that like we don't want to bring that match up like ignore uh, that yeah, ignore that, that didn't I, I was thinking I was like this seems so similar I was like no don't think about it don't think about it but uh yeah, like, I don't think we're getting too big for boots anyway. Like, lads are very still very annoyed about last year. So that's kind of the chip on the shoulder you have for this season. Like yeah. Don't get too ahead of yourselves because we, we lost yeah, last lost, year against yeah. La Rochelle. Yeah. So it's but cool to nice see that to mindset, be, um, isn't it? In the final in Dublin, like, hopefully a Lancer as well in a final, you know, in Dublin in May. be nice. Yeah, that'd that'd be, that'd be, yeah, that'd be, yeah, like, top, God, dreams. The kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be, really yeah. make a difference, yeah, wouldn't it? yeah. Written in the stars for sure. Yeah. Um, but we'll see, there's a lot more rugby to play before then. <laughs> yeah. um, but we want to bring it back now. You were mentioned there coming through the system with the lads, the 18s, 19s, 20s, yeah. through the academy and into the senior team. But what was your first stepping stone to get into the academy? Did you go sub-academy? Or, yeah, or yeah so I did a year in sub-academy where you're down in Donnybrook at 7am um, with the same lads. It was still Will was there, Connor, Cobb. James Ryan, Max Deegan, all the lads, same lads, all there did that year together. And I remember like I was like a 10 slash 12 coming out of school. Uh, I was still pretty undersized, still kind of am. <laughs> still hasn't worked. Uh, but they had me in like the first couple of months. Uh, Will was the same. Will was uh, too small as well coming out of school. And they had us in. So usually you'd come in Monday, Tuesday, gym at 7 a.m. and Thursday, Friday, you get Wednesday off. For like the first like three months, I was in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You got gym extras. Oh yeah, because like <laughs> I was just tiny, like, and they were trying. I was in between like ten, twelve, and they were like, "Oh, if you want to play twelve, you have to be a bit bigger, like, or whatever." So they had me in like every morning. I used to be dreading it. Like, I used to go back. I was living on campus in UCD, <laughs> and I used to go back and uh, just go straight back to sleep. Like, wouldn't go into college at all. I'd be like knackered after doing it, and I'd be like, because I never like in Newbridge mm. we did not do gym. Oh really? Oh god, no. Like it was like. Our gym was a shed, out, like an old stables out the back. And has uh, that changed now? Yeah, it's changed. Oh, they have yeah, like yeah. a full setup now. Uh, they got an SSC guy in. But our year was the first year that they tried to do it. Mm. And it was a stables out the back that had like 
it was like outside it was just like a sheet of metal over the roof it like so and they'd be trying to get lads to go at like 7 a.m and no one was going like yeah, no yeah. one wanted to go and uh, they'd like no real equipment nothing and, and like so i had like no gym behind me basically going in there um so yeah, I was pretty shocked to the system the first couple of months. It was a baptism of yeah. fire every every morning seven a.m. Oh. in RDS gym and yeah, then it was, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, it paid off because then you got yourself <laughs> into the Irish Twenty squad, yeah. which is one of the most successful Irish Twenty squads ever. You beat New Zealand, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, I'd yeah say. that was mental. Yeah, uh, so we actually weren't that good in the, the Six Nations. <laughs> we like lost our first two games, I think. Yeah, lost to Wales at home, which was bad. Oh God. Lost <laughs> to France away. Got like pumped by France away, like. 40 something like 10 or something it was real bad then they went went on a run beat England Scotland and Italy obviously and uh, so it was kind of good then going into World Cup we had Wales in the first game and it was like like we had lost about 20 mm. points somewhere like Jesus this could go anyway and I think we like scraped to win I was on the bench for all the games so I was 23 it was Cobb Conor O'Brien somehow in the Six Nations they had me at 12 and Conor O'Brien on the wing mm. which like it's a weird way to put yeah, it yeah he's like <laughs> 100 kg 100 plus kg center like and yeah. i was like 89 kg like i don't know how they had that like it should have been swapped <laughs> so for the world cup uh, he was 12 and shane daly was 13 and i was 23 and uh yeah i just went on a run somehow beat them beat wales then beat the all blacks after, which was mental like mm -hmm. i was yeah we weren't expecting that at all going into like yeah, number, yeah. and some incredible names in that squad as well that you're playing with. same uh, kind of guys you go yeah. keen and shane daly yeah shane daly james ryan max deegan andrew porter jacob stockdale wow yeah there was a it was a james ryan was the captain wasn't he yeah, yeah. it yeah. just shows how the irish system works doesn't it Lindsay? with yeah. all these guys just coming up through the ranks and look at them now like you know obviously james ryan has stepped in now mm. at captaincy at our irish level like and mm. Obviously, we spoke during the summer series when you guys were away in New Zealand and even the emergent tour, the like it's just still this production line of fantastic players. And we're obviously going back through your history and now you're here now. So it's lovely to see that, like, hopefully the success will obviously carry through to yeah. Paris next year. But <laughs> even through the provinces and obviously Munster are going to make a comeback now in Europe. So, you know, we have lots of, you know, I just think lots of positives, great names. It is the Irish We have definitely built up a brilliant system there. And a part of that system is the Sevens team, oh, yeah. where me and Jimmy spent yeah. a lot of time together, <laughs> too much time yeah. together. <laughs> and uh, just bring me back to those days for you. Do you think they were developmental years for you, just being out there? I remember one time specifically, you were playing in the centre against Semi Rajaja. Oh, God, that was <laughs> developmental anyway. That Do was you remember good. that? I think that was over in London, London in Twickenham yeah. Sevens. I can literally have a vivid memory of the first scrum. I was one-on-one -on -one with them, and Sevens in your centre, like you're... 40 meters of space like and it yeah. was Radraja and I was like alright there's no way because I would back my pace I would have been slow actually going into the sevens yeah. I was like a 10 I wasn't really that quick and then I got faster as I was in there just because whatever sprinting and I'd be like alright there's no way he's quicker than me so like just just let him go to the outside mm -hmm. and just take go low and he did this like step where I honestly like missed him he just like jumped my outside and I was like oh god and I like <laughs> caught back up with him I was like alright just go low he just hands me off straight to the face I go flying back he breaks the line throws it I think to Tuisova and he oh scored. Gosh. It was the very first play. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. What <laughs> have I got myself into here? Like, yeah. they beat us, what, like, 40-something, seven, was it, or something like that? It was, like, that was the semi, wasn't it? Yeah. So either sink or swim, like, oh, in like, that kind of yeah. scenario. Like, And do you think those kind of games from the sevens has helped you get to where you are now? Oh, definitely. As I said, like, I was kind of, like, didn't... Well, I was at 10 slash 12 going into the academy that first year when I was in the academy, played for Leinster Age, like, 13. And that was, like, my first time kind of playing 13. I think I played two games of 13, two games of 10, maybe game, or more, more 13, I can't really remember. 
but I was kind of like figuring out mm. what kind of position and like I didn't really have they were kind of just moving me around and then going to the sevens I think was just great for your confidence and stuff like you're just playing week in week out you're taking lads on one on one you're beating lads like I didn't think I could beat lads one on one before that like I was like a 10 like ball playing kind of yeah, like I didn't yeah, really yeah. have like footwork or whatever and so you kind of get quicker like fitter like tackling and stuff like that you just get a lot of confidence from what I found and yeah it helped me a lot when I came back I think yeah, because you were doing kind of doubling up. You were in Leinster, but then you came in up to sevens. Yeah. And a lot of lads have done that along the way. Yeah. Like Hugo Keenan did it. Yeah. It was kind of him at 10, you at 12. Yeah, Terry or Jordan at, thir- at, at not wing, 13 yeah. on the wing. Right the wing yeah. Will Connors was, came across yeah. for a while. Shane Daly came across for a while. So yeah. do you think that system does work for lad- getting lads into the Irish 15s team? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. Like you can see there's so much, we're only saying it there. I think when in this after game, it was me, Rob, Balakun and... You were all playing at the same time. And then we all played in Hong Kong whenever we lost the first year in 2018 was that when we lost, yeah. So we were all playing that tournament, like, and it's, it shows, like, it definitely works, like, and helps, like, because mm. other countries have done it before. Like, France used to, like, they used to bring lads from sevens and stuff like that. Just accelerates your skills, I'd say, because yeah. you're just repping that, you yeah. know, consistently. Yeah. And obviously then you're playing games, so you're putting this decision-making under pressure. So 100%, yeah. We'd see it with the girls as well, just, yeah. um, it's the quickest way, and I suppose... They say that for us, because obviously girls were be so far behind, the, the sevens is the quickest way to kind of just embed it. So I'd yeah. say the same with you guys. You just get the t- touches on the ball as well. Absolutely. So much more, like, and get just get more comfortable on the ball playing and stuff like that, I, mm-hmm. I found anyway for me, yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I remember from the start of me and you training together in the sevens to when you left to go into Leinster squad, you just got so much faster, man. It was yeah. crazy. And whatever you were doing. I, d- I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. <laughs> I, wasn't, I think I got it from my dad. My dad was like a sprinter when he was younger. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he didn't play rugby, he played ga a bit and did like athletics. But I was never really that quick, like uh, like in school or anything. I never had like out and out like loads of pace or anything like that. I think the sevens just somehow you're sprinting all the time, yeah. all the time or whatever, yeah. And how do you compare the sevens training with all that kind of high-end uh, sprinting compared to Leinster training or Irish training in the 15s? Uh, it's yeah, very it's, different. It's pretty different. You're just way more high-speed meters in the sevens. Um mm. But then when you go to the 15 to that kind of level, the, like the decision making and the time you have to make decisions, mm-hmm. is just like, like, not like way quicker. Like uh, in sevens, you have a bit more time in the ball, but you're like way more tired <laughs> because yeah. you're literally like sprinting around like a headless chicken at times. I remember some games like you're playing and you honestly have no idea what's going on. You're just like running for the sake of running. Like, yeah. and uh, yeah, so it's a bit different. But yeah, the training with sevens is definitely way more like sprints, high speed meters, everything like that. Yeah. But probably mentally, I'd say the, 15s training you have to be like switched on all the time yeah especially with Stuart Lancaster coaching <laughs> I'd say yeah yeah but he just likes running you yeah, <laughs> yeah. like I'm really be pretty high anyway but he just gets you loads of which works like you get so many reps and everyone gets involved like there'll be 40 lads maybe mm-hmm. training so that's why it's so good for young lads and Leinster I find anyway yeah give us a quick insight into those Stuart Lancaster sessions how does it work because we hear about it but I don't know exactly what happens <laughs> yeah what's um, a typical week like for you guys Monday about like a maybe twenty minutes to um it'd be pretty intense like twenty minutes but nothing like crazy it's a Tuesday one where you're doing like about forty minutes with him yeah um where usually in like th- there could be like three teams depending on how many lads and it's just like rep after rep after rep and it could be like running from one end of the pitch to the other defending the team here defend the team here team here so it's all the scenarios yeah all okay, scenarios cool. all like uh basically just getting you really fatigued and then playing really quick to mm-hmm. try and like get your mind to be able to like play under pressure and it's like 
when young lads come in, you can see when they're doing like their first or second session, they're like all over the place. Like and a deer in headlights. Oh yeah, they're <laughs> completely bamboozled. But you get into it pretty quick. Mm. Like I was the same. I, was, I had a clue what was going on the first time I did it. But I think it's really good because it gets young lads involved because he does the three teams. And it, could yeah. be, well, it could be three teams, 15, 45 lads training. And young lads are getting their like getting their time in the ball. They're like playing. They actually get like reps and stuff because he does it so quickly. So I think that helps a lot with the academy nice. lads, like like integrating into the senior squad. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, and then your breakout year with Leinster was kind of 2018, 2019 is when you got in. And your first debut game for Leinster, I think you got two tries against Dragons. You're right that, in saying that. That was my second. Was your second. My one? first start. That was my first start. First yeah, start. Yeah. So yeah. I played like, 15 minutes off the bench the week before. And then my first start away to Dragons, yeah, I was playing 13. It was me and Conor O'Brien, me and Cobb, yeah. He was 12, I was 13, yeah. And it's got, got mm-hmm. Jamie Digo through me, this big loopy pass out on the wing, I think. And I scored, and like, walk-ins, like, literally just, like... <laughs> take it, <laughs> yeah. take it. Yeah, take it, yeah. Well, that's, that's part yeah. of it, man. Yeah. you got to be there to get those tries. Yeah. And you kept going, and you've gotten all your uh, your starts behind your belt now. And your, then the 2020-21 season was really where you kind of came into your own. I think yeah. you got nominated for European Player of the Year at the end of that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what? What did? Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, congratulations, <laughs> which is unbelievable, man. But I think you you started most games. You had nineteen appearances, I think, nine tries, four in one game against Bat. Yeah, which is more walking zone. Unbelievable! <laughs> You're so modest, like you won't take uh, the compliments. Yeah, typical Leinster lads, yeah. <laughs> blown off. Oh, I just want to thank the it's team. team try, yeah. Just want to thank the coach. Honestly, you can get them up. They were walking. So honestly, <laughs> just stand out there. But is there something you did in that kind of season that just it clicked for you? Was it like? Some dieting or different training or what? Uh, Be on the extra weights again? Uh, no, I haven't been on them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think I just got to run of games. So like before that season, I would have got, uh, I think what, the first season I was like seven, something caps, a lot off the bench. Then the second season, I felt like I was getting a run and COVID hit. So I'd started like three or four games just before COVID hit. And I was like feeling really good. And then COVID hit, whatever. And then it was just when COVID came back, I got, I think it actually, so Hugo, went into I, that's when he kind of got his break just at the end of COVID mm. and he would have been kind of like wanting to play 15 and I had no clue about 15 I was like 13 basically at that stage and uh, it was there was a run of games when that autumn internationals where Hugo's in it and Will was in it and Leo basically asked me could I play 15 and I had no clue like I was like yeah mm. no problem but I, I said I told him I played out in school and stuff and he was like yeah perfect like you're going to play and I got a run of five games in a row at 15 and it was just playing week in, week out helped me so much, I think. Uh, just because, like, before this first season, I was in and out of the team, whatever, maybe on the bench, but I just got five, 80 minutes in a row. And then it just gave me confidence, kind of, to be like, all right, I'm yeah. kind of belong at this level. Like, before, you weren't really sure, like, or whatever, would I, like, sink or swim? And I played them five games in a row, and that just gave me confidence then to kind of kick on. And then I think I went, played the Montpellier away, I think, was my first European one. Then Bath was, yeah, a couple of days, a month or two after, yeah. Amazing. Nice. The, the the thing that kind of I uh, th- separates you from the rest, Jimmy, is that you're you can play any position really, from ten to fifteen. I was sitting yeah. here thinking the same. I was like, right, so he's covered ten wing, both yeah. centers. Yeah. yeah, he's named every <laughs> position in the yeah. last couple of minutes. Yeah. So what is that ab- ab- like? Is it something that you meant to do yourself, or you just happen to be like, oh, I can do that if you want? Like, I'm more so that. Yeah. yeah, I think I just kind of like they were like, oh, can you play there? And I was like, yeah, no problem. Like, uh, like it kind of just happened all the all. The way up, like, even at, in the academy, had to play 10 for the A's the odd time. They were just like, they didn't have any 10s. They're like, you played 10 for me. I was like, yeah, no problem. Uh, <laughs> just kind of embrace it, yeah. And at this stage, I don't really mind, like, whatever, wherever they put me. It's 
you just saved the opportunity. The hardest. Yeah. If I have to get to 10 now, I'd be kind of panicking, I think, a little bit. Like, you have to do so much extra stuff and you're running everything there. But um, you do a lot more homework, I think, if you're playing 10. But the other positions, yeah, no real issue. And then I think I got 10 minutes to scrum half last year. No way. In the, yeah, in the Champions <laughs> Cup game against Connacht, Jamo, Jamo Skips of Park got a yellow, and uh, I have to go into scrum half then if the scrum half gets a yellow. Nice. Just because I, well, I played a year when I was 16, maybe, or 14 or something, mm. and when there was only like two scrum halves training, they did doing three teams things. Stu used to put me in at scrum half the other time when I was a young lad. Uh, so now if there's a yellow card, if any scrum half gets a yellow card, yeah, I have yeah, to jump yeah. in, yeah. And do you have any position you'd say is your favourite, if you were to get a choice? Honestly, I... I thought about this as well, like, look, because I get asked that, obviously, just playing all them, and I don't really mind. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say I change too much how I play, whatever position I play. Um, I'd say pretty similar, but, yeah. Like but even I'm your playing. game understanding, like, you're coming at nine, like, even as uh, your halfback position, obviously, you're so integral to, you know, yeah. like, obviously, as a forward, you're shipping your forwards yeah. and you're implementing the game plan, and then you're trying to see what's in front of you. And then, obviously, your wing and fullback is your positioning and your work, and then yeah. on your <laughs> defensive pendulum now, I'm yeah, going yeah, no, from what no, I yeah. know, you know <laughs> what I mean? Um, so, yeah, that, like, th- hats off to you, like, that's... Like, that's some pretty sublime, like... <laughs> yeah, I think it comes from playing 10 when you're younger. I would find, anyway, I played 10 until I was 18, 19, 20 nearly, and uh, you can't understand where everyone's supposed to be, or you can't understand, like, the flow mm. of, like, where lads will end up. Um, so even, like, training at 10, I know Stu's quite said, like, he trained lads at 10 just so they understand uh, the game kind of better. Uh, so, like, I've trained at 10, he's put, like, Robbie, Gary, and Hugo and all, we've all, like, trained at 10 before. Uh, just to kind of get that understanding and then you realise when you move out from it how much the 10 has to do mm. so you have to help them <laughs> and like talk to them and stuff uh, so I think it helps yeah playing a 10 like you just kind of see the game a bit differently or understand where it all kind of flows and stuff Yeah, that's a really good idea out of Stuart isn't it yeah get mm. fellas in there so you get more respect for the 10s <laughs> yeah but uh, w- one question I always wanted to ask you was because you play so many positions from 9 all the way to 15 and you go into an Irish setup. Do you l- have to learn every single line then from every single position? Do you know some lads are like, oh, I only have to know that line because yeah. I only run there. You have to know everything. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, Faz was like, I think the first time I went down to New Zealand, he was like, oh, just get around like wing 13 and 15. So I didn't have anything inside that. So I was like, all right, I'll just learn the entry. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not too, I, I don't know, it's not too, I'd learn it differently. But some lads learn it like, all right, the, like wing does this line and they just write down like what the wing does. Because mm. I had to learn so many positions, I'd kind of end up just learning like what everyone ends up doing. So I kind of try and just learn the whole move. You get me, John? They have like three phase yes. things and try to learn the whole thing. So in case I have to, because like the odd time, I remember like one of the walkthroughs out of nowhere, I didn't know, I was just thrown in a 13 and I hadn't a clue. And I was like, all right, I can't have that again. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just kind of have to learn. And the Irish setup yeah. that happened. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I just like, all right, I have to learn everything here now just to be safe. <laughs> Surely it's the boys helping you. Oh out. yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they have to respect the fact that you're just jumping between 15 to 13 to 12 and like your line is going to change and they don't have time to be like, Jimmy, where were you? You have yeah. to hit it every single time. Uh, yeah. Well, I ha- actually asked them a lot. So if I was covering 13, I'd ask Gary, all right, like the little things, like what, like how would your line change if you were running this move or whatever? Yeah. Or like if I was on the wing, I'm covering 15, I'd talk to Hugo, being like, all right, what is 15? Or what was they telling you to for 15 for this move and stuff? So mm. two lads, they, well, they're the usually positions I'd be covering if I'm on the wing. So they'd help me out a good bit, like just talking to them and kind of what they'd be doing. 
Um, so I think that helps, yeah. Yeah, mad respect for you, man. Because I've been uh, not to your level, but like I played rugby for years, and like just learning the moves at the level I was at was difficult. <laughs> and you're at the top level, and you're expected to just have your homework done, like so. Um, serious good work there. But that kind of mindset got you down to New Zealand for the Irish uh, tour, where you actually beat New Zealand in New Zealand. Yeah, ridiculous, I'd say. Yeah. Was it unbelievable tour? Jeez. Tell uh, us about that. Yeah, it was just I was. Just happy to be honest. <laughs> when I got told I was on it, I was just delighted. Um, uh, just to be like involved, whatever. And then playing the two Mary games was classic. So I said no. I was in camp maybe for a week in the Six Nations, I think before. So mm -hmm. I had no real experience of like the kind of Irish setup. So going away like three weeks, three or four weeks we were away or something. Um, just being around all the coaches and stuff like that, and how it kind of worked in there helped so much. And just playing, it was great having the two Mary games because I'd say like I probably wouldn't have went on the squad like if they didn't have the Mary games. Because they bought kind of an extended squad to kind of give lads chances. Um, yeah, so it was just class. And then, like, for lads to beat them, it was, like, unbelievable. Like that. Yeah. yeah. What was the training like that week? On, like, I presume you did the Maori runs yeah. or the New Zealand runs against the top team. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had the Maori game the Tuesday, I think. And then I think we trained maybe against one the Thursday and stuff uh, before the game. And, yeah, it was just class. Like, yeah. Just to be there and involved, seeing yeah. these guys going up against the best yeah. team in the world beating them just I'd say that for you um, you were brought to, I presume Andy Farrell brought you down there to kind of integrate you into the squad so you can see where you are gotten to now yeah. just give you a bit of taste of, of it all did he speak to you before going down? Uh, no not really no just got the email that I was going and then was just kind of like playing the first game the Mary game like obviously I would have been I would have been allowed to like play get my cap down there but I wasn't really expecting it because I wasn't really expecting to go on the tour mm -hmm. to be honest I was just delighted to get on it and kind of then there was kind of like you knew there was kind of like the the lads were playing the weekend and like the Mary squad and uh we were kind of just like focused on them and like you're hoping maybe some of you might get in but like the lads were playing so well like the kind of the first game obviously was disappointing but then they came back in the second game they were like unbelievable so like I don't think anyone was upset when they picked pretty yeah. much the same team it was <laughs> like yeah you lads are good yeah yeah yeah, lads are good. yeah, yeah. yeah no. um, so I was just allowed to play against the Marys down there yeah it was just like it was unbelievable that they won it down there. God. Yeah, you a good night out then as well. Yeah, so my parents, right? My parents went down with Hugo Keenan's parents, PK and stuff. And yeah. uh, <laughs> they were just on like. PK's Hugo's dad, but. Yeah, sorry, P yeah, oh, Hugo, yeah. <laughs> he was mental. And uh, <laughs> he just like, and my parents and his parents would be very close, and they just basically travel around New Zealand together. Oh, lovely. For the whole thing. But then they were all on the night out with us at the end, like. So, mm. like, I was, me and my parents, like, jumping around a club together and stuff. Like, yeah, it was Brilliant. crack, yeah. <laughs> Amazing Memories stuff, for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, we're going to keep chatting about your career later on in the show, Jimmy, because it's just incredible what you've done. But we want to talk about the rugby on the weekend first. Uh, Lindsay, I presume you, you watched this Leinster game or did you just turn it off at halftime? 57 nil. Jimmy was playing, didn't score though, which is kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah considering his, his ratio game to, to Troy's ratio. Um, look, it, it was hard. I didn't switch it off. Uh, I'm obviously a loyal fan and obviously being a player I was kind of trying to think into my, my own psyche I was like how would you get up for a game like that because even before Gloucester came over the game was poor but that's nothing against you guys I mean you were absolutely it was, my, it was boys against men to be honest like I was like I hear um, but it, I was thinking to myself as a player be infuriating like so is it just kind of tick the box for you guys or just um, what else can you do yeah well like you can only play what kind of team gets picked in front of you and yeah. um, we kind of didn't think about it. we were kind of just focused on our own uh, kind of like performance and stuff like that and like everyone just wanted to play well and play well for lads beside you like whatever and put in a good performance and just yeah get a win and get five points like that was kind of the main thing it was kind of 
to name their team or like it's irrelevant whoever they brought over kind of yeah. um because I know there was chat before the week like they were kind of giving out oh well Leinster really basically Gloucester coming over to play Ireland and I was like well kind of defeatist attitude isn't it before yeah. if it, whether you're coming over to win or not come over with your best team and like yeah. play like this is a marker to get better is would have been my take on it and yet they were like kind of whinging yeah. <laughs> I was like I'm sorry here that's sure it's such a good opportunity to go up against the best team in the world would you not want to see how good you can play against them? yeah I'd be coming over in me pink Gloucester outfit trying to take a scalp <laughs> off Leinster because you can't that's what you want like no more than Ireland going down to New Zealand that's where you want to pitch yourselves against mm-hmm. is like whether it's the club scene or whatever you want to pitch yourself against the greatest and and they, they just missed an opportunity for me yeah um, yeah again like i don't know what they they obviously have some kind of thinking behind it. They must have big games and Premiership coming up or something. But yeah, again, we were just kind of focused on ourselves, like and yeah. trying to just win as many games in the pool stages and stuff, and just try and get a home quarter or home what round sixteen quarter semi yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So and in a game like that, Jimmy, would it like once you went like thirty nil up or something? Is it hard to stay motivated or what kind of chat are you having amongst your team to keep the m- mindset in in the game? No, lads, we're still pretty motivated, and um, it's kind of irrelevant like I think at halftime Gary's like we'd be saying the same things here if we were 28 nil down or we're 28 nil up like we're playing the same way we're going to play like we usually play um, like the score is basically irrelevant okay. um, so it was kind of just everyone like you don't want like if you switch off or whatever and you're like it'll just look poorly on you um, everyone wants to say like switched on and still like go play and we usually play and stuff like that like so that's kind of how everyone everyone kind of just mm-hmm. taking the next moment kind of such a competitive environment like I suppose you don't want to be the guy that slips up in that game against Gloucester <laughs> no. let the try go in and then oh did you see Jimmy miss the tackle maybe we'll go with one of the other lads so it mu- it's just always operating at that high level and it was funny Jim Hamilton and Brian O'Driscoll kind of had a go at each other on Twitter yeah, you see, I'm that? Sure see that yeah well it goes probably a bit dramatic but Jim Hamilton came out before the game saying I've just seen Gloucester's team to play Leinster in Dublin on Friday after a six-day turnaround, which is mental, until the Champions Cup is a fair playing field, you can't expect Prem teams to feel their strongest team against a team like Leinster who are fully loaded and rested. Then O'Driscoll comes back and goes, but yeah. they both played in the exact same day last yeah. week. <laughs> like, what's the story here, lads? Um, to kind of, it was a lot of drama over the weekend, wasn't it, really, about the competition? I mean, clubs have the dates. Like, that's what your management is there for, is to kind of now, like, map out where you're going to get lads in, where you're going to train. Like, they could have rested lads before the European yeah. Cup started. So seems like excuses to us. Ah, listen, yeah. Coming um, over to play Leinster in Leinster. We're calling you out on it. Look, yeah. congratulations to Leinster because 50, 57-0, look, it was job done. You stayed professional as ever. Like, it was not you guys. I enjoyed even the set piece. Like, Ronald Kelleher again, just, you know, he's like on fire now. I mean, isn't yeah. he? Like, uh, yeah. what, he got two, two tries, were, didn't yeah. he? It's so, having them two lads, like, there's literally no drop-off. wasn't <laughs> like, they're no. too unbelievable and like, just it's so good I think I'd say for the coaches they're just delighted yeah. I mean, like one of them to come off the bench one of them to start it's, they're both like unbelievable yeah. Yeah. Keller what? was unlucky with us uh, he had a line out he just wasn't five metre didn't go yeah, five metre I was like yeah. oh that would have been yeah. nice and what are those two lads like together is it very much they're, they're pallies and they're, yeah. they're helping each other get on or are they like at loggerheads and don't really get on no they get on really well yeah yeah, yeah. and they help each other out like the whole time yeah. uh, I think that's most lads would do that in Leinster anyway. there's no one really like like bitter to each other or something like that who plays the same position or anything like that like everyone's kind of helping each other out yeah yeah hookers are mad anyway to be honest yeah they are nutters <laughs> they are and uh, what's Gary like as a captain we were a big fan of Gary on this show I think every week we're just like well Gary Ringo's had another good game yeah, Like, and now he's gone into kind of the captaincy role where Johnny's not available mm-hmm. how's he uh, stepping in there as a team yeah I 
really like him as a captain. He kind of leads by example, as he said. Like, he's been playing unbelievable this year. Like, next level. <laughs> I've found any playing with him, and he's so good to play with. Um, you just have so much trust in him, let's say, in, like, D or something like that. Like, you just know he's going to get out to someone, or you know he's going to put in a big shot. And, yeah, he's just playing unbelievable. And he's, yeah, he's been, I think he's just grown even more so coming into the captain's role this year, yeah. Yeah, do you think he's kind of going to step into the boots if Johnny does retire eventually? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I actually haven't even thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> just been Johnny for so long now. Yeah, yeah. Um, we give him a shout out because he got he he does all this unrecognized like to the untrained rugby eye. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of work that people oh, yeah. probably wouldn't notice. Yeah, like even in the autumns, like some of his defensive reads, it was just yeah. his defensive reads are insane, aren't they? Yeah, and then big shots and then yeah. big carries and big moments from him. Like he just probably didn't get like he definitely was my player of the autumn series. I think as consistency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a and he seems so calm, even as post match, he's just like just so calm and reassuring, complimentary to you. He just seems a really good Yeah, he's very level headed, like yeah. nothing would kind of phase him. Even in games you're talking to him, he's just like he'd never get too high or too low, kinda. Of. He's always just kinda of like even keeled chatting him in the game if you oh we're thinking this or like I saw that. He's like, Okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like he's yeah, he's very kind of nice. yeah. gets the job done. Yeah. All right. Uh the next game we want to talk to about is Northampton Saints versus Munster. Munster are away and they won 17-6, which is a great little win, isn't it, Lindsay? Look at that smile on your face. <laughs> I just love this time of the week when we talk about Munster. I know. Joe Walk, congratulations. It was a good win. Yeah. Uh, it was. Probably lived on, on the edge a little bit because you had three yellow cards, if I'm correct. Casey, Jack O'Donoghue for fighting which was kind of weird. And I think Joey Carberry at the end, which was kind of a team yellow for being offside. But I thought your defence was relentless. It was just, you just smothered Northampton and Gavin Coombs was like a wrecking ball. And I loved his second try off your line-out set piece. It mm. was, I thought they actually lost Piero Manny. They got him up that quick in the line-out. <laughs> I was like, oh God, they're going to lose him. And then just down to Tyburn and a yes, little trick right. play. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And we're kind of seeing now the development of Munster between uh, grubber kicks, the set piece, um, just moving the ball. I just, yeah, your your mate Conor Murray, your fave was back. Yeah, he was. M- Murray was back. Good to see him back in the number nine jersey. And Craig came on then and <laughs> and tackled someone in the air. Had a little bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah. I think he was lucky, to be honest, to not. He could have got red. Yeah, and how they didn't red. get a penalty try is absolutely beyond me. I don't know if you saw that, Jimmy. No, did I actually you? didn't see it. No. He was too busy on his Christmas party. <laughs> I so <was> in bed. <laughs> Craig <laughs> Casey. In the Christmas yeah. jumper. <laughs> Craig Casey tackled a guy in the air, um, but like fully turned and hit him like in the yeah. air. I presume he thought he had the ball in his hand or something. Got a yellow card, but they didn't get a penalty try. Um, so I think Craig got lucky there, Lindsay. Very lucky because the winger did catch it other than when he landed, he like lost it. And I was like, oh, you got away with that boy. Because it was kind of like it was a crossfield kick, right? So obviously Casey was in his position and then as he turned, as as the, he, you know, I'm assuming now you have yeah. to like time it, player, yeah. ball, man, watch it. And he just kind of got his timing wrong and I was like, oh, you're gone. <laughs> no yellow and no penalty try. Like the winger would have finished that. Yeah, it was, it was a weird decision, but... Um, I'm happy with it, obviously, because Munster, <laughs> Munster got the win. But uh, an interesting kind of pairing of, in that game was Carberry was at 10 and Jack Crowley was given a go at 12. Yeah. What You trained with Jack at, yeah. in the Irish team. What's he like as a player? Yeah, he's very good. Um, we kind of saw him beforehand when we played Munster in the Aviva and he was playing 15. And we were doing like video on them. We could see like he's a very good ball player. Uh, like that 10 kind of can bring it to the line, like fish lads out, uh, good feet and stuff like that. So very impressive. And then when he came in, he was unbelievable. Like, yeah. like got them two opportunities in his class. Uh, I thought in the autumn, like for such a young lad, 
and he was like not expecting I don't think to even be in the squad or he wasn't in the squad was it, it was Frawls yeah Joey and Johnny and then like the two lads were out like and he came in he was class yeah, yeah. and even to the pressure wearing yeah. Mr. Sexton jersey yeah. for the last one against yeah. Australia no pressure there kid off you go yeah. <laughs> but it's quite similar to you in that he's playing all different positions yeah. 15, 10, 12 yeah. he hasn't made his way out to the wing yet yeah. I don't think he has the <laughs> speed you have but uh, have you kind of been chatting to him a bit about, about interchanging in different roles like that or uh, not too much I think he's kind of focusing on 10 um, I was surprised I didn't know if he played 12 when I saw he was I surprised he was playing 12 but like obviously yeah. just that second ball player it helps kind of getting lads in the flow and stuff like that and get works for like your uh, kind of unstructured play, uh, phase uh, and stuff like that so mm. yeah and Anton Frisch has been playing well so Anton yeah. Frisch had another great game yeah he did actually he was back considering he was mm. quiet last week against Lewis now I thought yeah he did yeah it was I think what you were saying there Jimmy they got Crowley at 12 to have that second pair of hands but it was a crap day over in Northampton yeah, so it was foggy a lot of knock-ons yeah. and stuff so he didn't really get to put his hand up there but he might get another chance yeah. maybe against Leinster and Stevens Day, <laughs> we never know. Giving an insight in here, in here to Jimmy. All right, the next game we just want to kind of run through very quickly. There was so much rugby on the weekend, but Ulster were playing um, against La Rochelle, and they ended up playing in the Aviva Stadium, which was a bit nuts. They lost thirty six twenty nine after being down like twenty seven nil. Twenty seven nil at halftime. Did you watch it, Lindsay? Yes. Well, I saw the highlights. Uh, what do you do after last week's absolute no show by them? Right, uh, a way to sail. To come, like to have to move from Raven Hill, where obviously the Ulster crowd, as you know, would be yeah. like it's such a fortress for them to go to. Yeah. Then they have to come down to the Aviva. They're waiting all week to see whether it's going on off. They're moving. Then it's behind closed doors. Then you have a kind of a delegation of five year olds. You have a five year olds coming to watch <laughs> them. Um, like I just, I felt sorry for them, but I kind of again, like the first half, it was just. Henderson got yellow carded for kind of jumping on the ground. It was just kind of, the, again, they seem out of sorts ever since that Leinster loss. And I don't, the, the first half kind of showed it. And then all of a sudden they kick in and, you know, Stuart McCrusty's doing a crossfield kick for Munich to score, they score four in the second half. And you're kind of asking yourself, well, where were you for the first half? You know, you could have had a good scalp here. Um, so I don't know, there's still obviously time, but they've kind of given themselves an uphill battle. And I think it's just, they just seem out of sorts right now. And it kind of showed in the first. I was kind of tail of two halves, really, unfortunately. Yeah, it was good to see them kind of pull it back together in that second half and show that they still have it to get four tries. But ever since they played Leinster in the RDS, they were just out of sorts. They're so out of sorts. Yeah, hadn't, hadn't scored a try in that second half against Leinster, I don't think. And then they didn't score at all last week away to Sale. And then they didn't score in the first half against La Rochelle. And they're like, these guys have got nearly two full games without scoring a point. Well, even like a, a, a grubber um, from La Rochelle's out half, um, Ashtoy, I think his name is, and Cooney never collected it. And then he scores off that. It was kind of just, again, like errors you just don't see from an Ulster's team that have been really the only challenger, say, as regards to the provinces and probably at URC for you guys. Um, as I said, Henderson getting a yellow card. But then he comes on, he starts the ball rolling, he scores, John Cooney scores. Uh, Tom Shearer's having another breakout season. And then, as I said, Vermeer. And so they kind of stood up, but like just uncharacteristic errors and, and penalties. And yeah, they just really yeah. need to get their they seem together. to be They seem to be pulling it together now off the basis yeah. of that second half, which is good to see because I was getting a little bit worried that there's something going on up there. But they've had two ridiculous weeks, in fairness, when it mm. comes to like travel and prep. Last week, they were only arrived an hour yeah, before the more, game. Yeah. Similar yeah. enough to you guys. Uh, we were a better than that at least. We could arrive the night before, maybe half eleven or something. Um, so a lot better than now. I remember hearing that that they were all flew like the morning of, wasn't it? And yeah. like three different flights and stuff, which yeah, uh, 
very disruptive night. I don't know how. <laughs> and we were chatting last week on last week's podcast about that prep for Le- Leinster and Ulster. Would that affect your psyche at all and your mindset going into the game or how did you deal with that? Um, lads were pretty relaxed, which was good. Uh, kind of like joking about it the whole way. Um, a lot better showing up. At least we knew we were going to get there the day before, mm-hmm. kind of. I'd say it was a lot worse for them trying to get on the day of. Um, but lads kind of, it almost made everyone kind of switch on even more because it was like, all right, I'm not going to be the one who kind of screws up because of this travel. I'm yeah. going to be on my stuff like kind of even more so. So I think lads are even more switched on like the morning of like getting everything ready and more not lads weren't as relaxed like because they were like, I'm not going to be the one who screws up like because <laughs> this travel, like it's not going to be me. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good mindset. And I suppose that is it, isn't it? Like, because obviously you have a set, like your routine. Yeah, yeah whatever your nutrition when you're going to eat and that's so set for you so then when everything is disrupted you're going like oh okay but that's nice to hear then that everyone just kind of just yeah everyone was kind of joking and laughing about it like being like what's going to go wrong next and stuff and everyone's (laughs) kind of chill out about it but yeah i think the morning of then everyone was like kind of switched back in and was like all right i'm like i was like i'm not being the one basically like it's not going to affect me like for this game like yeah. whatever and everyone's kind of yeah and you can kind of see that because we were obviously spoken about james lowe who's obviously missed out a lot of international mm-hmm. games and like again like he's probably one of the guys who's like oh, i can't miss this opportunity because yeah. of so few now to get into a six nations and then to make a world cup squad like you could just see that like like these were unbelievable against Rasson. like unbelievable yeah you were pack classic was, pack was unbelievable like yeah. 25 25 lineups yeah. or something like that was yeah and Rasson were like one of the best defensive lineups i think in the top 14 yeah lads do that like that basically just won us the game as in like I was saying in the second half I honestly was doing nothing I was standing out in the right wing and all the lineups are on the left hand side oh. <laughs> and I was just like ah oh, this is perfect <laughs> you're mean, just like a fan on the other yeah, side yeah I was like actually, so lads are doing really well here like. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you do so you were sitting in Dublin airport when this frost was coming in and the cold snap yeah. and like that's not good prep in relation to like getting food in oh no did yeah. you eat airport meals and stuff yeah we had to go like get sandwiches and stuff and lads just eating anything and they could get their hands on and then uh, we kind of got on it. We were in the airport maybe half eight, I think. And didn't, we got on the flight at around one and took off at three. So we were sitting on a flight then for two hours oh as well. God. Oh, for God's sake. So and bad. then we were like circling in the air over uh, close to La Harve, wherever we are supposed to. And then you're, um, the pilot was like, oh, we can't land because of fog. So we have to go to Paris. And then like half was ended getting. Then we were in Paris for two hours maybe in the airport. And lads just buying like sandwiches, anything they could get their hands on. And uh, then they end up getting taxis yet to... <laughs> <laughs> the, the half like two and a half hour taxis together like that the world nuts. cup was on though which actually helped so much the dutch game went to extra time i can't remember who they're playing but argentina, argentina yeah one, that yeah. was the one yeah so someone had their ipad up in our taxi and thankfully they scored your man scored that last minute one off the free kick yeah and i went to extra time i was like thank god because like this would have been so boring and, like Should we all would just be sitting there like this like so it's uh, so exactly funny to hear the up, yeah. behind the scenes, isn't it? Just buying airport <laughs> yeah. sandwiches and getting into taxis yeah. and stuff. And then to go out and beat Racing, like, ridiculous. That's the gas of me, isn't it? So thankfully for Dublin Airport and its crappy sandwiches, <laughs> I'm sure it got us going. Yeah, yeah, good idea. I can imagine the French taxi men as well, just rubbing their hands, going, oh, these lads, poor, present, poor prep, uh, would probably win. And then obviously money in their pocket yeah. for the two and a half hour journey. <laughs> yeah, so also I know excuse last week, but this week, they had all the mishaps with Kingspan Stadium. Supposedly it was frozen on the Friday night, but then all the players and even Dan McFarlane were saying it was fine on the Saturday. But by that stage, they'd shifted it to the Aviva, told no supporters they could come, but the already La Rochelle people had arrived into Ireland, so mm. they let them guys come in. I think 160 uh, La Rochelle supporters were allowed in, so the Ulster fans were livid over that. There's so much drama. Um, and do you think that would have affected the Ulster lads as well? 
yeah, like again, it's a preparation, like yeah, definitely. As like I said, there was just so much like unknown uh, about it, even on the day of mm-hmm. it, which like would that would annoy me. And anyway, the day of, thankfully, we were all the day before. And like once you woke up that morning, it was like I just go. It was normal then. Yeah. But the day of, like having all that unknown, so where it's gonna be and stuff like that. Like I'd say subconsciously, like you try not to let it affect you. But I'd say like it's maybe it would have got like yeah, yeah. In the back of your mind. It would have to like a little. Yeah. I, funny enough, I bumped into Brian O'Driscoll outside the stadium. I was going to a club game, Shannon versus Lansdowne, on the back pitch of Lansdowne, um, Aviva Stadium. And O'Driscoll was like, "Thank God, I got moved here." So he only had to nip down the road and <laughs> make it work. <laughs> He's delighted. He was delighted. Like, so maybe he had something to do with it all. Same for our Pat. He had. He was on the way up to Ravenhill, but he decided, "Yeah, yeah. yeah. very yeah. happy man." You're all delighted. So, um, no, well, do you know what? We'll say to Ulster that that's your excuses now, and and that's it, and get back to. Yeah, we, we miss you. We miss yeah. the Ulster way now with the last couple of weeks and you're better than that. So let's have a good Christmas, Christmas and a good get, Ulster get Christmas, your act yeah. together because um, you are chasing down Leinster. So they're still sit, sitting second in the URC, mm. Leinster top. Um, do you feel that kind of heat at your backs or even thinking about Ulster chasing you down? Uh, ki- well, kind of. Like last year, really annoyed. We lost them twice in the URC and I was playing both games. And well, the one the RDS was unexpected, really. So yeah, yeah that was down. unexpected. Yeah, and then up there was terrible weather and lost by seven or something. Um, so that was really annoying. So it was good to get, kind of beat them twice this year. Like, yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're very good. And like, always such a tough game playing against them. Like, because they kind of know you inside out because you yeah. know them so well. And then even up in Ravenhill, such a tough place. I've played there a good few times and I, I think I've lost them three times up there. Like, oh, well. maybe out of five or something like that. Like, so such a tough place to go and uh, yeah they're a quality team like so yeah they're well matched for you aren't they because they have a good pack yeah um, they're half back pair and I think they, this week it was Doak and Cooney at 9 and 10 and then obviously their centres like yeah. McCluskey's a man mountain yeah, who holds a rugby ball like it's a tennis ball I was yeah. like mm. um, so they seem like a good outfit that can actually match us to be yeah, fair yeah no, they are very good tough to play against like God when you're playing like they do like wear you down when you're playing against them like you feel a proper game like very physical yeah, I'd say yeah, yeah like yeah. a test match yeah. and then Dan McFarlane I'd say is he's not <laughs> he's a man I'd say is well able to just pick pick teams apart if you can yeah. just get that consistency so yeah. obviously my money's still on Leinster sorry yeah, yeah all, I think all our money's on Leinster to be honest but the other Irish team in action the weekend was Connacht they were in the Challenge Cup up against Breve and they won 31-24 Mr. Kilgallen got another try. Mr. Another Eastham man, yeah. Jamie yeah. Kilgallen got a try, yeah. Uh, Papalihi got another red card. That Surprising. lad is a head case. <laughs> like. Ever played against him, Jimmy? I don't think... Oh, I don't he think was I played Connacht, wasn't he? He was, yeah, he was in Connacht. Yeah. I don't think I played against him. So I don't think... Oh... Maybe I did actually. He'd probably have it some stage. Yeah, maybe I did. He came off the bench. I think I did, yeah. yeah. He came off the bench. Was he still with Connacht last year? I think the same fella. And he came off the bench and he was absolutely like, same thing, just ripping. <laughs> he was just like <laughs> swatting players like they were kids. Yeah, he's an incredible player, but like he just keeps getting red cards. It's very dangerous. So, Papali, sort your stuff out. That's not okay, man. Um, but good to see Connacht getting another win. They had the four tries. Uh, so, they're back in flying form now coming into Christmas which is great. So that's all the Irish provinces uh, done. And then Munster and Leinster are going to be playing on Stephen's Day. How are you feeling about that one, Jimmy? Yeah, it's a class game. It always is. I played twice down there now. I played the Stephen's Day the first year, four years ago. Um, one down there, and it was unbelievable. Like, the crowd in Tome and down the Christmas was just class. Like, the lads yeah. just, yeah. like, property on it, getting roared at and stuff like that. Like, so, <laughs> it's a good crack, like, and then, like, the stadium's always buzzing down there as well. Like, so, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, there's a lot of people going to it now, so, yeah. obviously, it's in, it's in my <laughs> hometown of Limerick. I'm not going, 
but uh, a lot of my mates are going. Uh, so it's going to be a good one, yeah. I think. Hopefully the weather isn't too bad. Bring you boys down and have a good <laughs> a good game there for everyone on Stephen's Day, hungover from Christmas. But <laughs> surely that affects your Christmas then. Does it? Uh, you don't really yeah. get to enjoy yourself fully. Not as much now. So you'd be like, you get Christmas Day off, but you would have done your you do your captain's run on uh, Christmas Eve, mm. sort of morning. So I do that, and then I drive back back home then to Kildare uh, after. Yeah, so you don't really get too much time off. But and you strict them for the Christmas dinner because I mean everyone, every Irish person <laughs> lives for their Christmas yeah. dinner. Yeah. Oh no, like I eat everything like on the Christmas dinner day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good carb load. Yeah, carb load. Yeah. Hundred percent. What better prep? Yeah. 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 So no, it's not too bad. Like you can nice. still enjoy enjoy your dinner, but yeah. Just you won't no be able to have a drink or anything no. like that. No, no, nothing like that. Yeah. So you forget about that with the old professional players. Like they don't really get to enjoy their Christmas breaks and stuff. Same with the yeah. Premiership. Well, when I played basketball, you see, cup season was January, so kind of the same thing. That's like I never. Yeah. No. I used to Stephen's Day, you're out for a run and you're yeah, kind of training, and then the day after Stephen's Day, like yeah. building up for this pinnacle of the season. So it's tough, but then you're coming into a good time. Yeah, it's annoying, but like, like I'd be giving out to my friends at home, like, now just tell me shut up, like, you're getting to play rugby in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like nine fives, and I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. It is the best <laughs> job in the world, really, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But then you won't even really get to enjoy yourself between Stephen's Day and New Year's because you have another Connacht, game at New yeah. Year's then. Yeah, Con at the New Year's, yeah. So, like, this is like one of the busiest times. Um, it's just getting like nine or maybe ten games in a row now or something mm. since after the international. So yeah, just such as like yeah, it comes with the game, but like you kind of kind of enjoy like playing. So like I don't really mind too much. So just to round up the rest of the European weekend, guys. Um, Exeter Chiefs had a huge win over the Bulls, and Leicester Tiger also sent off Steve Bortwick. We think he's after being sent off because he's. The chat is that he's going to be getting the England job, which is being announced today, actually. So by the time this podcast is out, we might have more information. Um, he obviously didn't listen to our pod last season. He didn't he listen to our pod. No. no. He's going to step into that England role, which I think is a bit crazy. But what do you think about that, actually, Jimmy, before we I call out the results? The changing of a head coach before a World Cup, like nine months out? Uh, yeah, it's pretty mental. Like, I don't know why they... I think Eddie Jones is very good. Like, he's proven he's very good. Um Obviously, I I wasn't keeping up to date too much on it um, over there, but Borthwick's very good. As like when we played Leicester, we watched a load of them last year because we had them mm. in the quarterfinal, like, and he's turned them into like a quality team. And uh, so hard to beat. You saw last year won the Premiership, like they're very very good. So like he's gonna be good. Like he's a good coach. Yeah. Like and he got the lads because Leicester obviously weren't they weren't in very good uh, vein of form there before for a couple of years, and he turned it completely around. But um, yeah, it's a bit like mad enough to be firing a coach that close to World Cup. Do you think yeah. it would affect, say for instance now Andy Farrell got shipped out now, he wouldn't because he's doing so yeah. well, but the ethos of the team and the game plan and just the buzz and the vibe around it, would it change that much? Um, or does it come down to the players? Yeah, probably coming down to the players, I'd say more so, so I don't think it would change too much. Um, depending on how, if he brought in maybe Borda come in with a complete new game plan or whatever maybe, but I'd say the players obviously respect him because he'll play for England mm. and he's been successful now as a coach. Like So I'd say they'll all buy into it. They know they have to kind of before World Cup. So, yeah. But mm. even for him to put his stamp on it in nine months, do you know what I mean? And he's like you said, he's done such a great job at Leicester. We, we were kind of recommended to him just sign the contract for post-World Cup so let him finish his journey with Leicester and then take a fresh start with a fresh group of players post-World Cup. Because I can't, can't imagine now the pressure on his shoulders now going into World Cup being England, the birth of the home birthplace of rugby itself and obviously what they want to achieve in this World Cup so I don't know I think he's mad to be honest person mm. I think it's a tough gig to be taken over when obviously there's an issue with the team at the moment they're not playing that well they haven't got the results 
and there's only a couple of weeks before Six Nations. Mm -hmm. Like you know yourself, Jimmy, you can't go in and just start changing everything. Yeah. Like he'd probably just be slotting in and nearly overseeing yeah. it. Someone like Owen Farrell might be stepping up and running the show. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, like you can't bring in too many changes. Obviously, you they'll probably get a week training before the first game, maybe or two weeks training. So they can't come in with like a massive thing. I presume he's well, if he's is signed, I'd say he'll have signed from probably to the next mm -hmm. World Cup. Like, but I'd say it's tough for him to turn down. Like it's probably his dream job. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Like. Probably he's getting offered his dream job now, and he's like, okay, if they bring someone in and they do well, I'll, I'll have to wait like again or again or whatever. Yeah. So I could see why he probably took it. Like, so the game where we were referring to there was Leicester versus Claremont. Leicester won 23 16. So they're the guys that are going to really lose out if Steve Bortwick leaves because they're, they've just got themselves back to being the powerful Leicester that they were for years, and now they have to go find a new head coach. I know. <laughs> and, and as if the Premiership haven't had enough drama either with, you know, Wasps and Worcester and the money and all this crap. So to be honest, y your international is obviously going to take precedence, but I mean, it's sad to see when, and yeah, like they've, for such a big club, been out exiled for a long time. Now they're back in the big time. You're like, oh, this is going to affect them poorly again. And they're back to square one. So yeah. not. look, that's professional sport, I suppose, isn't it? Um, I mentioned that Exeter smashed Bulls 44-14. And I'll just give a quick readout of all the other games. Um, Bordeaux Begla lost to Sharks. Bordeaux were at home. Leinster, our very own Jimmy was playing. Smash Gloucester 57-0. Uh, Edinburgh and Cass played in Edinburgh. And Edinburgh won 31-20. Leon and Saracens played in Leon when Saracens got the win 28-20. Um, Ulster, as we spoke about earlier, lost in the Aviva Stadium to La Rochelle 36-29. Stormers won 34-14 against London Irish, which is a good win at home. Uh, Montpellier lost at home to Ospreys, which was an interesting one. Interesting. Yeah, Toulouse smashed sale with Anton Dupont, got two tries. He's ridiculous, isn't he, Jimmy? Oh, yeah, he's unbelievable. <laughs> he's unbelievable. Yeah. Like. And then uh, Munster won uh, away to Northampton. And Harlequins beat Racing 14-10. Uh, and Harlequins were at home. So Racing's lost twice now in the European yeah. Cup, which is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. See what happens there? Because that's your group, right? Oh, they're just all over. Well, we have to play Racing again, yeah, and then Gloss. Well, so it's like... It's all mixed whole, up. Yeah, the whole mixed yeah. up thing. Yeah, you just kind of... The way I look at it is just try and win every game and then see where you land and see how... It, figures out like because like the whole groups thing is a bit all over the place yeah, <laughs> yeah just next game mentality yeah. the whole time yeah yeah brilliant stuff okay and we'll give our never stop competing moment of the week together with Bank of Ireland um, Jimmy's actually won this before a couple of weeks ago <laughs> and um, for your game against South Africa as Lindsay yes. mentioned but this week we're going to give it to the Welsh sides Welsh sides even for finally showing up and getting some results it was a big win for Ospreys away to top 14 champions in Montpellier so well done Wales with all your uh, woes in the international team good to see the clubs doing <laughs> well worth waiting for because every week we slate and we're like <laughs> come on God's sake poor, <laughs> the poor Welsh rugby but anyway you finally had your moment and we that's exactly. Never stop competing <laughs> moment of the week with Bank of Ireland goes to the Welsh sides for getting their club system back together. Uh, but a little bit of news before we finish the show. Finn Russell um, has supposedly signed for Bath. Well, he has signed for Bath, but supposedly for one million a season. Just a little bit of money there into his pocket. What do you make of that, Lindsay? Maybe he'll sign. adopt me. And <laughs> I can have some of it. Uh, it's ridiculous money, isn't it? We're kind of getting into now soccer territory. And yeah, I think crazy. he's a man who's a magician when he wants to be, but... For me, sometimes he's inconsistent, isn't he? Like, even with Scotland, he's like in, he's out, he's done something bold, <laughs> he's gone again. Like, he's, I don't yeah. know, what do you think? What do you make of that? a crazy amount of money, but he's very, very good. Is he? <laughs> yeah. Is he, uh, who is the toughest player? Actually, is he one of the toughest players you've ever played against? Um, he probably has a range of everything. So, mm -hmm. when we were scouting him and stuff, like, 
everyone had to be switched on. Like he, let's say, was rocking the far side. He loves crossfield kicks. So I remember being on the other side, being like, "All right, this could come any second. There's lads in the middle thinking he could chip it. Mm. He could just double pump it and like send someone to the line, pull it back real deep, or fire that real. Like he's just a range of skills where like everyone has to be switched on yeah. in defense. Like, so he is very tough to play against. Um, it is crazy money that we're getting into in rugby now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's a place for that in rugby? It's kind of approaching football kind of talk, isn't it? One yeah. million for the season, like. Yeah. Um, probably well if it's sustainable then yeah fire away (laughs) 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 I don't know I I don't know the whole ins and outs of the financials now behind it behind it all but like yeah like I presume it's only just going to get bigger and bigger hopefully rugby and yeah. more money will come into it but yeah it's It'd be good for you Jimmy anyway, well, yeah. I'll be long retired I'd say before all that stuff <laughs> happened, yeah. before it makes to these yeah. shores yeah because obviously that's over in Bath it's in the Premiership we've had their uh, money troubles in the last couple of months um, but pa- our own pa- Pat the producer was saying that um, there's marquee signings or something that's why they can get away with it yeah, yeah. so each Premiership club has one or two marquee signings yeah, and they can pay them whatever they want. Yeah, so just in case anyone doesn't understand, well, who might not might know that there's obviously salary caps in England, which is nice to see. So then clubs aren't in jeopardy of yeah. obviously gone into liquidation, which we saw lot, you know, this season with two of the clubs. So obviously these marquee players then don't come in under that. Uh, so they're not, you know, bound by the salary cap. So they can kind of pay them what they want. Yeah. What do you think, Jimmy? Move over to the Prem to get a million quid in your pocket? <laughs> no. Try to play a World Cup first and then... <laughs> and see what happens. No, no, I'd be... Want to stay here for as long as I can, and as long as they'll help me. Yeah, I'm sure you are in the best club in the world. So why would you leave? Yeah, heard it here. Say that again. Sorry. They are the best club <laughs> in the world. Happy for, Christmas, for the time being. fans. You heard it here. Until Stephen's Day when they come down to Dublin Park. Please, I'm going to bring the tissues for post Christmas for you again. <laughs> no, it should be a great game, and hopefully, Jimmy, you'll be playing. Hopefully, yeah. Thanks very much for coming in. I appreciate your time, yeah, man. No problem. Yeah, no, no pressure problem. now, but I'd like a, I'd like a try at least one on the 26th, all right? I've been on a drought. I can't go to school. No, I can feel it in my waters, Jimmy. <laughs> you're going to make a comeback. Four tries against Munster. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll see. And thanks very much, Lindsay, as always. Oh, thank you, honey. You're brilliant. And cheers, Pat, for all your work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, an even bigger thank you to Bank of Ireland, our partners and proud supporters of the four Irish provinces. We'll catch you next week, guys, for the Munster-Leinster game and all the other games that are on. But also, happy Christmas. Talk happy to you soon. Christmas. Joe presents House of Rugby, together with Bank of Ireland, proud supporter of the four Irish provinces.